danger of all places. Certainly no place fit for a king, but then again, this was no ordinary king. The Savior was born in a stable. So you've got animals and animal stuff, manure, and mud. A pitiful place for people, much less the king of kings. Why would God do that? Why? Because the shepherd was coming to take care of his sheep and to prepare a way for his sheep to go home. That's what a shepherd does. He lives where the sheep are, he sleeps where they sleep, and he eats where they eat. This will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger. A sign. Do you ever wonder about that sign? A sign for what? Maybe it was a sign that Jesus is accessible to everyone. A sign that the God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills can relate to a homeless person. Maybe it was a sign that God would have nothing to do with the social status of mankind. But it was a sign for us that we should follow suit. In fact, the Apostle Paul would later write, We should have the same attitude of Jesus Christ, who being in the nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be held onto. But made himself nothing, becoming a servant being made in human likeness. The Creator, the one who had been served since before the dawn of time, stepped out of heaven to become a servant. Who does that? The God who came to the world and was laid in a manger, a messy feeding trough of all places. Why such a messy place? Because he was saving messy people. So, needless to say... That very first Christmas was dirty. It was grimy. It was filthy. It was messy. But thank God it was. Because without it, what, what a, a mess, mess we'd be in. in. Oh, man. Thank you, guys. Can we give it up one more time for... That was awesome. Thank you. Felt like we had some serious radio voices going on there. Like just pros. Oh, man. Move on, Dan. I, <laughs> it's always dangerous when I go off script. I, I want to thank you, church. We have the privilege, Jesse, Braden, and I, we went to the local elementary school down the road, and this week we got to deliver over a hundred gifts to those kids because of you. Praise the Lord. That was amazing. We had a, a really fun week of just blessing people. Aren't you thankful that you serve a God who is generous and his spirit of generosity fills us and we're generous because of him? Praise the Lord. I also have to give a big shout out to Kyla. I got to, she's a local music teacher at an elementary school. She has 400 kids. And she did back to back concerts uh, one night this week with 200 kids per performance. And so, Kyla, just, that was incredible. You're amazing. This is awesome. There's so many talented, gifted people here at LifeSpring. And then last night, 
our youth group, 23 of our kids went out to Zoo Lights, and I think we have a picture of that. So can we just celebrate what God is doing here at LifeSpring? Thank you, Braden and Ashley and Will and Julie and the whole team that serves our kids so very well. Now, you realize it is December 18th, which that means you still have how many days till Christmas Eve? So seven days until you actually have to go shopping. So just, just remember that. <laughs> oh, just me? Is that, is that only me? Christmas Eve, I would encourage you, if you can, invite someone. I love what my wife talked about earlier, but pray over those cards. Pray about who you want to invite. The team has worked really hard on that night. We actually, I don't, I don't know if we fully grasp what that team has worked on. We have over 40 volunteers who are a part of that night. Between the 20 people in the choir and the 20 people that are acting and serving in various roles. They're working hard. And again, please come that night. The expectation is we're going to encounter Jesus. Like, I'm not even worried about that. I'm confident of that. And if you know someone that needs to encounter Jesus, would you please bring them with you? My prayer is that no one would leave this place at 7 p.m. on Christmas Eve without saying yes to receiving, truly receiving and believing in Jesus as Savior and King. Amen? Amen. Amen. The Reader's Theater that they did, it was really good. I thought it was a good reminder that Jesus' birth maybe was a little messier than sometimes we give it credit for, right? Anyone have a manger in your living room, right? It's, uh, anyone else still the baby Jesus and make your mom mad? Anybody else, right? Where's Jesus? (laughs) But it's a little cleaner than maybe the one at home, maybe cleaner than the one that you have on your Christmas cards, probably cleaner than the one that we have here on stage. It was messy. Everybody say messy. I mean, any parents here today? If you've been in that delivery room, I mean, it's beautiful. But a new birth, right? Jocelyn, amen. Like there's sights, there's sounds, there's smells that can be described as a little bit messy, right? No matter how sanitized, scrubbed. I have some pictures of, of my family at Addie's birth. But no matter how sanitized, I know, come on, there's another one. Look at this next one. No matter how sanitized, scrubbed everyone is, I mean, there's still something about just this beautiful mess that accompanies it all. Now, when I think of Jesus' birth 2,000 years ago, one of my favorite parts is how God invites others into the beautiful mess. Isn't that the power of the story, that he invites Mary gets to be a part of it, Joseph gets to be a part of it. Now, depending on your set that you have at home, you probably have some animals that made it to the party. So let's see who we got. Now, we, we got this set for free, so I'm not guaranteeing the biblical accuracy here, but... Um, <laughs> We got over here, oh, we got some chicks and a, and a lamb and a donkey. That's, that's neat that they were there, maybe. Okay. And then who else was here? Oh, there's a happy camel. Happy camel was at the manger. Okay, maybe not. May, he maybe wasn't there. Sorry to break your bubble on that one. But maybe he was. But then who else was there? You know, who did the angels invite? Anyone remember? Who did the angels encounter and invite to come? The shepherds. Absolutely. And shepherds. Leo Hayes. Leo, would you raise your hand over there, Leo? Leo taught a class on shepherds. And in that class, Leo let us know shepherds are rough. They're bloody. 
and they're smelly, right? That's what Leo told us, that they're smelly because they smelled like what? They smelled like sheep. Sheep. <laughs> sheep. <laughs> messy people with messy lives invited to come close to their long-awaited Messiah. That's what we read in Luke chapter 2. And again, I think all this is really good news. The messy delivery, messy people, messy shepherds. It's really good news. Do you know why it's good news? Because do you know who else is really messy? I am. And I think the real wonder of Christmas, we've called this series the wonder of Christmas. And I, I've had so much fun. It's been a good month celebrating the birth of Jesus with you. But the real wonder is that my imperfect, sometimes kind of messy life it does not disqualify me from drawing near to Jesus. Right? It doesn't matter whether you're a shepherd, a farmer, a lawyer, a teacher, a son, a daughter, a father, a mother. Whoever you are, you don't have to get all cleaned up and be perfect before the Lord invites you into that sacred and holy moment of encountering Him. Here at church, He is not afraid of your mess. In fact, He goes smack dab right in the middle of it all. That's the wonder of Christmas. Amen. Well, I want to start in the book of Hebrews. If you have your Bibles, smartphones, whatever you got, open them up to the book of Hebrews. We're going to be in chapter 4. I want to read a few verses. Chapter 4, verses 14, 15, and 16. This is about who Jesus is today in our lives. It's so encouraging. The, the author of Hebrews writes, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we don't have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. No, we have one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and we might find grace. What? To help in time of need. So often when you're struggling, when you're in that downward spiral or a cycle of bad habits, poor decisions, when you're feeling trapped in your sins, I think one of the phrases we use, and I've used this in my life, it's just, my life is a mess. Anybody ever said that before? Right? My life is a mess. And yet this passage that I just read, it tells us that the risen Christ, Jesus, Messiah, Today He invites you, He invites me to come close to Him, to draw near to Him, that He might be helping us in the middle of our mess. Again, you don't have to clean up before you come to Jesus. That Scripture also tells us, and it's very encouraging, that Jesus was tempted. He was tempted to get tangled up in the same nonsense, the same sin that maybe you even find yourself in today. But Jesus, He's so good. You know the story. He's the perfect Son of God and Son of Man. I, I was at the Slavic church last night, and that's what the preacher talked about, that Jesus was the perfect Son of God and Son of Man. And, and though, yes, He was tempted, He never let the mess invade His perfect life. Scripture tells us He lived without sin. And yet, because, this is so encouraging, because He was tempted in every respect, just like you, just like me, come on, He understands. Aren't you thankful? He understands what you're going through. He can identify with where you're at. And by the way, this is good news today. He also knows how to get you out of the mess that you're in. The Apostle Paul, he, he writes a lot about this. 
he, he, he has all these letters. We have a whole book called the book of Acts. But listen to what he says in this letter to the Romans. He says, while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God showed his love for us in that while we were still sinners, maybe just put your name in there, right? While Dan was still a sinner, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. This is one of those passages you memorize when you first become a Christian, right? This is one of those first verses that you read because it's so important for us to understand. It's such a foundational passage because we have to realize that we were in trouble. We were weak, sick, dying in sin. And yet Jesus loved you so much that while you were still a sinner, Christ came from heaven to earth. He was born in a manger and he died on a cross for you. A way I I like to think of it, I I didn't come up with this, but I've heard preachers say this, that he made a way where there seemed to be no way. Aren't you thankful for that? He made a way where there seemed to be no way. He, He made it possible for us to go back to the garden, right? To be in that perfect relationship with God, at peace with God, but also peace with other men. He he gave us this opportunity where you're walking in wholeness. Anybody want to be whole today, right? A peace, a shalom, a shalom, which is a perfect peace. Again, a wholeness. He made a way for a place of real love. Anyone else need to experience real love? He made a way for abundant life, overflowing, abundant life. Jesus single-handedly cleaned up the mess. It's wonderful, isn't it? Eugene Peterson, he says it this way, when we sin and we mess up our lives, we find that God doesn't go off and leave us. He enters into our trouble and saves us. Do you hear that? When we sin, when we mess up our lives, like my life is such a mess, God doesn't go off and leave us. No, when you call on the Lord, He enters in. Praise the Lord. He enters into that trouble and He saves us. A couple of years ago, my good friend, Pastor John Murphy, over at Mission Woods Presbyterian, and I was so thankful about a month ago, he was here during pre-service and we were able to pray for him. We're praying for his ear, that his ear and hearing would come back in his ear. So even now, Lord Jesus, would you touch my friend and heal his ear? Even now, as he is preaching, would he be able to hear, Lord, again, out of that ear, in the name of Jesus, amen. But he gave me this book, probably realizing that I am kind of messy, he gave me a book called Messy Spirituality. So I tried not to read into that too much. But I read this book, and I'm just telling you, Jesus has a desire to be with messy people like you and me. This book encouraged me so much. I just want to read a portion of what this author says. He writes, Jesus wants people just like you and like me to get close to him. Jesus loves people just like you who live in a city, have a wife or a husband, three kids, two cats, and a washing machine that has stopped working. Jesus loves people who are single, who work 60 to 70 hours a week, who have parents who wonder why you're not married, who have friends who make much more money than you do. Jesus loves people who are divorced, still trying to heal from the scars of rejection, trying to cope with the single parenting of children who still don't understand why this happened to them. Jesus wants all of us who do not necessarily live life in a monastery, who don't have it all together, and probably never will, 
to feel welcome in his presence. He welcomes you in the midst of your messy life. Praise the Lord. Working as a pastor the last two, three years has shown me that that phrase, messy spirituality, that's a pretty apt description of the Christianity that most of us are living, but also that few of us want to admit. But I think it's important to remember that Jesus is not repelled by our lives. He's not afraid of our messy spirituality. Yes, God hates sin, and there's people in your life that are really excited to tell you that. But you know what? Yes, he hates sin, but Jesus came as the remedy for sin. You know John 3.16, right? For the very next verse, John 3.17 tells us Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. Why did he come? He came to save the world. He's the God who comes close. He comes close to the brokenhearted. He's the God who draws near to those who draw near to him. He's Emmanuel. Anyone love the fact that he's Emmanuel? You sing that kind of, don't you, during Christmas about Emmanuel. You know what that means, right? God with us. Kathy Haggard. Anyone remember Kathy Haggard? What a special human being Kathy Haggard is. And when she was here at LifeSpring, I remember she told me, she said, Pastor Dan, she even gave me a book. She said, Pastor Dan, the most important thing is that God is with you. He's with you, Dan. He's with you. And because of Jesus, no matter what you've done, no matter how inadequate you feel this Christmas, He made a way to be with you. Don't you love the determination, the passion of Jesus to be with you? Hear me today. I don't know what you're going through today, but no matter what mess you're in, it cannot discourage Jesus from coming after you, coming after you with His love, with His grace, and His mercy. I mean, I just think about my own life. I'm, I'm 42 years. 42 years is long enough to, you know, do some things. Anybody else do some things, right? Like, there's a long time. And also, I've noticed there's seasons in life. Anybody else? Like, when I was younger, I didn't realize that. But the older I get, there's seasons. And I've had some dark seasons. I've had some lonely seasons. I've had some just depressing, heavy seasons. But I'm so thankful. I've discovered that He passionately pursues people just like me with a bigger love than whatever mess I've made. You need to hear that today. Some of you, I hear this often as a pastor, like, but you don't understand what I've done. You don't understand where I've been. I, I get the sentiment, but no one and nothing is beyond His love. That You know, I've done too much or the pit's too deep. No, if you're in a pit today, you know who's willing to crawl right in there with you? Jesus pursues us. He's willing to go there today. It's like that song. It's pretty controversial. It's called Reckless Love. But there's this great lyric in there. It says, there's no shadow you won't light up. And there's no mountain you won't climb up coming after me. And it says, there's no wall, bam, you won't kick down. There's no lie you won't tear down coming after me. I love that about Jesus. It's a pursuing love. Pursuing love. He came to lost and broken people 2,000 years ago. He's still in the business of coming to lost and broken people today. I gave a sermon a couple of years ago. I, I said he was the hound of heaven. Again, I didn't come up with that. It's from a poem in the 1800s. But he's the hound of heaven, just constantly, consistently pursuing you. You've got to hear this. He doesn't get tired of pursuing you. He doesn't get bored of pursuing you. He loves you. 
I mean, we know his spirit is so real. He's been doing his thing here long before the first song started. And you know that even right now in your heart that there's a Lord, a God, a maker, the creator of heaven and earth that is pursuing you even right now. The Bible says a lot about Jesus, describes him in different ways. One of the ways he's described is the good shepherd, right? He's the good shepherd. But when you read Scripture, it tells us he's the good shepherd who goes after lost sheep. Jesus asked this question in Matthew 18. Let's, let's read it together. He says, what do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one wanders away, will he not leave the ninety-nine on the hills and go look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he is happier about that one sheep than about the ninety-nine that did not wander off. I think some of us just even need to get that image of of our good shepherd. What his face looks like when he finds you. It's so infuriating what the devil convinces people of or, or other people convince you of or what media convinces you of that when God comes to you, he's going to just shame you. But God comes to you and he delights in you. He said, I found you. I found you. I love you. Come with me. Welcome home. Again, he came to save lost sheep. He's the hound of heaven. He loves you. 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 You You know, Christmas is a busy season, right? We know that. It's it's fun, by the way. Oh, I do like Christmas. And I do like the spirit of Christmas. I love you more. But I love Christmas. I do. I mean, I am loving life today. But as busy as it is, I mean, would you be so brave? Would you be so courageous to slow down, to make the intentional decision, the choice to slow down? That's what we're doing right now, by the way. This is even awkward for some of us to sit and be quiet and listen to someone else speak. Like, it's hard in our current culture and society, but just be at peace in this moment. Allow the Spirit to to speak and to move in this place. Be brave. Be courageous today. If you feel like you've been running, especially if you feel like you've been running maybe away from God, again, be so brave. Be so courageous to make the intentional choice, the intentional decision right here, right now. To pause long enough to let our good shepherd catch you, catch you, find you. I've had some pretty powerful moments in my life. Like, anybody else? Like, those radical moments with the Lord? Like, there's a lot of, you know, just day-to-day stuff. And then there's that moment when you're like, I just met God. Anyone else have that encounter before? Those moments of transformation in my life. The, the moment of supernatural divine healing that I experienced just a couple of years ago. That moment of also being filled with perfect peace when in 2010 I was struggling with anxiety. Or I think about just this wave and deluge of grace and mercy that the Lord has flooded in me in. I mean, again, do you know what I'm talking about? Just that encounter with the living God. It just happened again this week. Those moments of transformation, they have come when I've stopped running. They've come when I wave the white flag, right? I'm done. I surrender. I surrender. I love God. He's so good. He's way better than, than I even give him credit for. Because when I wave that white flag, it's just like the moment I, he does, it's just like the moment I wait, he just, whew, 
He just comes so close. He covers me. He draws me close to himself. I used to tell my mom that I'd be like, I'm holding on to Jesus. But then I had some tough seasons where my mom got to tell me that he was holding on to me. Right? Because we think, like, I'm holding on, I'm, I'm getting Jesus. I'm, but there's times when you're so broken and you don't know what to do. And that's when he holds on to you. And he brings him close, he brings you close to himself. Are you willing to do that today? Because if you place your life in His very capable hands, whether it's the first time or the 1,000th time, be confident in this. You place your life in His hands, He knows how to handle your mess. He's a specialty is handling your mess. Not convinced? Just read Paul, right? We've just spent a long time walking through Paul. We read the book of Acts. But read his letters. Read his life. Study his life. No one was messier than Paul. He was literally an enemy of Christ. Did you know that, right? He was passionately pursuing Christians, arresting Christians. He was even giving the approval of their deaths. And yet when Jesus confronted him on that road to Damascus, as Paul yielded to Christ, and as he says in one of his letters, as Christ was all and was in all, look what Jesus did in his life, through his life. It's incredible. I and mean, we're still talking about the Apostle Paul today. He knows how to deal with your past. He knows how to deal with your shortcomings, your failures, your flaws. And I love it. He he doesn't just do it by like kind of tolerating your sin. He doesn't do it by like ignoring your sin, just kind of looking the other way. But what does Jesus do? No, he goes straight at it. He dies for your sin. He dies for your sin. He pays the penalty for your sin. In fact, John the Baptist, he saw Jesus coming. He goes, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That's what you need. That's what I need. And when you fully receive, when you fully believe in what Jesus has done on the cross, that's when Jesus can do what only Jesus can do. He comes close. In fact, He comes so close that by His Spirit, He takes residence inside of you. Aren't you thankful for Jesus? He brings order out of our chaos. He brings light into the darkness. And He makes something beautiful out of the mess. Story after story in the Bible, you could pick one of dozens, right? The woman at the well, the man lowered down on the mat, the woman with the issue of blood, the man that was blind at the pool, the thief on the cross, just story after story in the Bible, story after story for 2,000 years of Jesus doing what only Jesus can do. Again, are you willing to let Jesus do what only Jesus can do? I hope you are. I hope you are. Because as I get ready to close today, maybe think of it this way. He's in the fresh start business. Anybody need a fresh start? You know, I just want to say this. Unfortunately, like, we think maybe religion is the answer for a fresh start. But, I don't know. Religion will probably fail you. Religious people will probably fail you. But Jesus will never fail you. He knows how to give us a fresh start. Whether you're Paul or me or anybody in this room, he knows how to give fresh starts when we stop running, when we surrender and trust in him. He knows how to renew our minds. He knows how to change our hearts. He knows how to address and heal your wounds. 
He knows how to lift and carry our burdens. He knows how to set us on the rock, the sure foundation. He knows, He knows, He knows how to give you a spirit. He knows how to baptize you with the power of the Holy Spirit to give you what you need to live for Him. So perhaps this Christmas, more than anything, that's what you need. You need that gift of a fresh start with Jesus. And if that's you, how about we start here? We, we start the fresh start. It begins here. It begins in the manger. The, the baby born in the manger in Bethlehem would die on the cross at Calvary. That the baby that Mary delivered would one day deliver us. Just please allow the Lord to speak to your heart today. I love what Braden said. The Lord is here. He's moving. He wants to move. But it's up to us to allow Him to move. Anyone here today that admits to the mess that your sin has caused, anyone who repents and turns, anyone who receives and believes in Jesus as Savior and King, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You can be forgiven. You can be set free. You can be given a new life, a fresh start with Jesus this Christmas. So I want to invite the worship team to come on up. And we're going to sing a song that we already sang before. But as we sing this song, we're going to make communion available to you. And, and the instructions are a little different than we normally do it. The instructions are that you would come up on your own, in your own timing. You would take the communion and take it back to the seat with you. And you are more than welcome to take communion in your own timing. I just felt it was really important that we took communion today. I know, I get it. We're the once a month church, the first Sunday of the month. I get it. But I just, I, I, I don't know. It's probably resonating with some of you, right? Like, this is important that we do this today. Because there's so much power in the blood of Jesus. There's so much power in the body of Christ broken for us. The blood of Christ shed for us. And maybe it's the first time or the 1,000th time, but could we just receive afresh and anew the payment for our sins? Could we be filled again with the Spirit and allow His forgiveness to wash over us again, receive new life, a fresh start that He offers anyone and everyone through His body and blood? I'd also say this, and if you're watching online, this is for you as much as it's for anyone in this room. Whenever you're watching this, by the way, I believe this. Hebrews 4 tells us he's a God who helps us in our time of need. If you're in a time of need, he is willing and able to help you today. But would you be willing, so brave and courageous today, would you be willing to let the Spirit speak to you, maybe about some practical next steps? We don't just want an emotional experience today. We want to walk out of here with Jesus, a true, fresh start. And so maybe the Lord, even now, he, you're realizing He's asking you to seek counseling. Maybe to go into therapy. Maybe the Lord is asking you to plug deeper into community here in the church. I, you just feel that in our society, in our world in general, the, the struggle to re-engage with church. And by the way, if you've struggled with that, that's not a you issue. That, like, everyone's struggling with that. But maybe the Lord is encouraging today. Engage. Press in. Sign up for the reading plan. Join a next level class or a life group. Engage in community. LifeSpring loves you. The people around you, they love you. But I was also thinking this, and this gets a little deeper maybe, but 
I just felt today as I was sharing with you that some of you, you know that it's time for you to confess your sins to one another. And that can, you know, kind of blow up in your face. I don't know if you've been there before. So I'm just going to pray that it's a trusted friend. Someone that you could go to and confess your sins. To bring your mess into the light. Because again, He's not here to shame you or to condemn you. He loves you. He's for you. It's His passion and joy to rescue us, to save us. So again, by His grace and His mercy, can we stop running today? Can we yield? Wave the flag. Say, Jesus, I'm just ready for you to do what only you can do. So let's praise and worship the King of Kings. And remember, the baby born in the manger died on the cross so that we could have a fresh start, a new life with Him forever and ever. Amen.